Welcome to episode 22 of the Jack Halford podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Anton Levy Amu, an artist and dedicated father on a mission to create art that uplifts people's mental well-being. Join us as we delve into Anton's journey, exploring how he transformed from a person entangled in destructive behaviours to someone who now channels his creative energy to make a positive impact on the mental health of others. I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was in my zone painting. Yeah. And that was an excuse to kind of have like a break every hour. Um, but then when I stopped, I remember the first four months, I even questioned myself thinking, do I even want to paint anymore? Like, I've gone through that stage, I think I don't, I'll have no motivation to paint. I tried to force myself to do it sometimes and I didn't enjoy it. And I was questioning myself, like, am I really even an artist? Do I want to paint? Because I've got no desire to do it at all. So I'm getting worried, thinking, well, if I don't do that, what am I doing? What's my purpose? But then gradually it just kind of came back naturally, so... Did you read anything? What, when I stopped smoking or about... No, no, when you were like, what's my purpose? Or whatever, because that's dangerous thinking like that. I think, because I've I think like that before. I was like, what, what am I even doing this for? How's it helping anyone? Mm. Kind of thing. But then you, you have to think about it and figure out. Well, you, you can help people somehow because you do like the mental health things you leave around. Yeah, that's helping people. Well, I, I worked in a school for ten years, and that's that was my main job in school. I worked in behaviour, so. And you've got two different types of people that work in behaviour with young people. You've got people that are, like, authoritative, and then you've got the people that are, like, nurturing, yeah. trying to help. I was the nurturing and trying to help probably too much. Um, so for a long time, that was my purpose. But I told myself, this is my purpose, I'm here to help people. And obviously, when you see kind of people, the help you're given kind of having a positive impact, then you do get a little self-reward from it. You get that satisfaction. Um, but then when I left the school, by that time I've, I've always done art anyway, but that's when I was taking it serious when I left the art. So that was my new purpose, I suppose, like where I wanted to put everything into that. And then that's when I started doing the mental health. Not, that happened during, not the mental health, but the, for the awareness of the mental health. That started during lockdown. So, and that was just a one-off thing I was going to do, but then I just kind of seen a kind of response from people that, or the impact it had on some people that found it, and then I thought, oh, I've got to keep doing this now. Um, and that was like a, that was in a way a bit of an addiction as well, because I felt like I've got to do it tomorrow. And I used to look forward to it, and then look forward to hearing back from people and sometimes when I didn't hear back from people, I'd be a bit downbeat, like, oh, maybe it didn't find the right person, or... But then I thought, no, that's not the reason I'm doing it. It's not, I'm not doing it to hear back from people. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it to impact. Even if it can just put a smile on someone's face and I don't know about it, that's fine. So, yeah, and I'm still doing that now. So... So it's that two, three years? Two yeah, years. 2020 I started it, so yeah. Every day? There was a stage where I used to do three or four a day. Oh. But then I'd go through stages where I won't do it for a week. I went through a stage where 
speaking to some people that are like businessmen about it and they kind of planted a seed in my head where they told me I shouldn't do it anymore because it's devaluing my work and it kind of made me think about things and I thought well I don't want to do that so then I kind of stopped for a while but then I just kind of told myself like what am I doing I'm letting people get in my head Mm. I'm not doing this even if it does devalue my work then so be it because it's not about not everything's about my value of work it's about me using this as a some a tool to like you said help people yeah so it does two it does two things like the, the main idea behind it is to to impact someone's day and try and and the reason I don't know if you know the reason why I started doing it no it's, um, when I found that person that hung himself mm. it was after then but um, I thought that guy was above a bench um, he hung himself on a tree above a bench um, and a while after that I was thinking how can I then use my art to try and help people in that position so that's why I left it on a bench or on a lamppost in a in a park or something just places where I thought someone might be sitting with similar thoughts um, so I started doing that originally that was, that was the main intention but then as the time's gone on I just thought right I mean even just anywhere because someone could be having a bad day not necessarily on a bench yeah. they could be getting off the bus to work or from work and I've left it I've left it in all different places I've left it in the back of taxis um, what exactly do you put in these like envelopes, is it? Or... Yeah, it's an envelope and then... Uh, well, originally when I first started it, I was putting prints in of my original work because I had some spare prints and that's why I thought maybe I should leave this print here. I was selling the prints online anyway, but I had loads at home. So I was like, yeah, let me just put a print in but then put a message on the envelope and on the back of the print. And at first it was just saying something quite basic, like mental health awareness um, and trying to put like a positive spin on something or just a quote that I liked or it could be a message about check up on close friends, um, be, be a good listener without judgment, anything that could maybe plant a seed in someone's head. Um, I did that until I ran out of prints and I thought, oh, what can I do next? Mm. I'm not going to buy more prints to do this because I have no money. So then I just started. It was one day. I, I wasn't in my studio, but in here somewhere you're going to have a piece of paper that's probably got a bit of paint on it. You've just probably wiped off a brush or something. Yeah. That's what I had at home. And I just seen it on my pad and it was just a little, literally a piece of white A5 paper that I used to kind of clean a brush. So it just had these marks on it. I thought, that looks cool. Let me get my pens now, because it was dry. And let me just try and draw over this mess that I've made. And I kind of created a face. And I thought, I like that. And I thought, I'll just do that. I'll just leave that in an envelope. And then that became a practice for me then, in the evenings at home. Instead of having to get out my big canvas, my big bag of paints, and all the, you know, where you get prepared to paint. Yeah. I thought, this is easy, because I can just get... So one night I'd spend just laying paint down on all about 50 different A5 pieces of paper have them all around my living room 
So then the next day they dry, I'll just pile them all up and carry them with me wherever I go, wherever it's work. And when I get some time to take them out, get my pen out and just doodle. And then sometimes on the faces I've doodling, I'll put some text on there as well, whether it's say purpose or strength or patience, just little things. And then I'll put that in an envelope with a positive message in. And yeah, and then I've kind of gone through different phases of doing different kind of drawings over the paint, but I liked it really, because now it's kind of overlapping into my practice that I'm doing like on my bigger pieces, my original work. So it's good. And then I'll do the similar stuff on clothing as well, like jackets, denim jackets, handbags. Yeah. So yeah. And that's that's part of the purpose now, I suppose. Is using the art to try and impact people in a positive way. I try and do that with the writing and stuff. And these new paintings I'm trying to do that. They're trying to help people to process things they might not even know is going on in their head because I think a lot of people walking around they're a bit mildly and upset and depressed and they don't even know why yeah. and then they need something to help them figure figure out why so I'm thinking maybe if I make certain paintings about certain subjects that will click in the head mm. they need to start dealing with something or it will make them cry and that will help because it'll be like a cathartic thing that they've just been suppressing and yeah. they can just feel that for a moment that's what I'm trying to do with that but the text is more like self-improvement kind of stuff yeah yeah the zines and that well yeah I've gathered that from the part that I read of the first one um, I like I like the way you write it and the language you use because it's quite it's straightforward it's not like fancy fancy writing and making it complicated yeah because um, I'm not very literate, I, there's certain books I've tried to read and I'm just like, I'm lost because of the language they're using. Um, so yours is definitely just an easy read, but it is. And I find that with some help, self-help books that I have read, what I enjoy, a lot of it is, you kind of already know, but you just need to be reminded. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, Or just see it from a different perspective the way someone else has kind of worded it and you're like oh yeah didn't think of it like that so no it's definitely good you had a you had a good impact like or a good response from the people that have bought them yeah people have liked give me good feedback for them um and there's some people that can't afford them so i offer them for free and then they won't take it so i did the ebook so then maybe people be like Oh, I'll have that for two ninety nine. Or I also put how you can have it for free if you're not got enough. Just message me. But I think I might just put another thing on my website where people can just download it for free. Cause then it's just super easy. Yeah. And then, then yeah, so make it as easy as possible. Mm. And then if they want to support me, they can buy a real one or whatever. Um, but it's not about making money really. These are more about helping people. Uh, or, well, it's about making money a little bit. But doing it in a way that, that's good for people. Yeah, you you're know? not doing it for business-wise to try and make a million from it. No, but... It, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it might be picked up by someone and then they're like... Oh, exactly. Do you yeah. want to have a go at writing a 
Probably. That wasn't the purpose behind it though, was it? Like you said, the purpose was I just to needed help. to, I just started writing one day and I was like, maybe I could write this. So I set mm-hmm. myself a challenge. I like setting myself challenges because it, it makes me want to get up in the morning. And oh, then yeah. my sleep was a bit funny for like a week or so after I've just printed the second version. So uh, I decided to start a challenge today called 75 Hard. I've seen that this morning, I think. Um, that sounds interesting. Everything part of that challenge, except for the diet part. Yeah, I can do that. So I'm not good with diet. Not that I've got a crap diet, but I'm not disciplined enough to be... And because I've got wife and kids at home, it means yeah. me then creating something completely separate. But everything else, like, to tell me again what the challenge is. Um, so you've got to take the progress picture every day. You've got to drink a gallon of water every day. You've got to stick to a diet. You've got to do two workouts a day, at 45 minutes each, and one has to be outside, yeah. no matter the weather. But he says, use your common sense. Don't go out in the storm. Uh, and then you've got to read 10 pages a day of a non-fiction, self-improvement type of book. So I've picked up a new book called The Science of Getting Rich uh, from the coffee shop. So I already have loads of self-improvement books. I wanted a new one yeah. to start this challenge with. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not like a fitness challenge mm. it's more of like a he says it's like a mental toughness challenge to sort of get and it gets you in like a good routine yeah because i get out of routines really easily when i've not got some kind of goal i'm aiming for even though i know i've got things to do they're like a few weeks away so i'm not really but if i've got this thing i have to wake up at this time to complete all of these things it's just gonna make my life easier i think i like structure and routine yeah um, and it's not supposed to be easy. That's the point, I think. Have you started it today? Yeah. I made up my own diet that I'm, I'm basically just not eating crap. Mm. That's my diet. Yeah. So this whole, like, whole foods as much as possible. I'll have tinned chopped tomatoes, but they're, like, good quality ones. They're just tomatoes and salt. That's it. Um... But yeah, I've got into the habit of looking at ingredients on things and thinking, I don't know what that is, <laughs> so put that back. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. It's and how long's the challenge for? Well, just as long as you want. 75 days. Oh, okay, that's why. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, two, months, two and a half months-ish, I think. I suppose then, by the end of it, if you can, if you're feeling good and you like, you could just carry that on anyway, couldn't you? I th- yeah, I think... I've I've tried kind of this over the past few weeks, but then had like the odd thing here and there. But I've been like leaving out cookies and all that sort of stuff. Most anyway. Yeah. It just makes me feel good. Just having what I need to have. I've been stronger in the gym. I've been mentally more clearer. So even if you don't, but I don't think it's extreme. I think that. We shouldn't probably shouldn't be having that sort of stuff anyway, to be honest. Well, no, but it's I think natural. no, it's not. But we're in a like a society, and we where it's like it's normal to eat shit. It's normalised and it's everywhere. Yeah, which is bad. 
Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, and we're not even as bad as the Americans. Like, no. The amount of stuff they've got and certain things that we probably can't even have in this country. Yeah. But I've seen something recently about um, cereals and how much shit they're buying and how bad they are. Because you think it's healthy. Like, I was having even, like, some porridge. If you get, like, an instant porridge or something, it's terrible for you. It's got, like, sugar in. Um, I think oats are all right. But even then, it's, it's like... You shouldn't be having too many carbs, apparently. Mm. I'm going to have some carbs, like potatoes. Try and leave out. No bread. Yeah. 75 so days of no bread. That's my go-to thing at the minute. See, the thing is, I knew... Like, I did it I did it for like a week, not thinking about this challenge, just not eating bread. And then when I had bread, it tasted so good. So imagine how good it's going to taste oh, after yeah. 75 days. It tastes beautiful. I'm going to have like a nice... <laughs> meal I might be at the end of it and think no I'm not going to have yeah, it because yeah. I'll go into like a shock and I'll die because <laughs> it tastes so good no yeah I mean I, that's one of my downfalls man I can literally for dinner tonight if my wife and kids have probably nipped out by the time I get home and had something to eat I would happily have a tin of soup and half a loaf of bread half a loaf or buy two big baguettes and just eat the two full baguettes I just love bread. But then I feel bloated <laughs> afterwards. And my belly, I've noticed past year since I've stopped smoking, my belly's put weight on. And as you can see, I'm not, I'm not big anyway. I'm very, no, you're not big. I'm very slim. Yeah. That was my issue when I used to smoke. I used to, and you know, you, I think you've got two types of smokers as well. You've got smokers that smoke and get munches and eat shit and eat yeah. non-stop. Or you've got the smokers that just smoke and don't eat. And that was me. I used to smoke and have a cup of tea. Hour later, another smoke, another cup of tea. And that was my diet, really. I'd have one meal a day. But I was slim. I lost so much weight. Was it a big meal? Yeah, because the thing is, like, I can eat a big meal. But sometimes... I was just in that bad place, I think, as well. Because I was in a bad place, the weed stopped. It used to help me when I used to finish school because I used to deal with so much emotional trauma from the kids. I used to get home. So not only did I have my own battles, I'm taking on other people's. Yeah. Only way for me to switch off was going to smoke myself to death. Um, not realising that this is not good. I used to think it was good. But then I'd stay up till another thing that I was bad on and didn't realise how important it was was like sleep and how important sleep was. I used to show up. Like my, I was raised by my dad, kind of, always always hearing him say to people, like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I used to think, okay, I don't really need sleep. Like, yeah. So I'll be up till four, but then waking up at six. So I'll have two hours sleep, go work, not eat breakfast, not eat nothing for the whole day, get home, smoke, eat a meal, be up all night painting. Um, and then did that for literally about seven years. And then I, people, constantly for them, past five years, people were telling me I've lost weight, I've got dark rings around my eyes. And I used to yeah. think like, nah. But then like, since I've stopped smoking weed, I used to think I might struggle with sleep, which I did initially. But then I've, I've realised how important sleep is. Not only like for your mental health, but just like your general appearance. Like, oh, some, yeah. And someone told me as well, they said, look, a lot of people out here that are these health freaks, they spend money on health supplements, they spend money on gym memberships, 
they try and go to these gym classes to, to do the best this, best that. The one thing that's still free is sleep, but people don't take it seriously enough. And I was like, you're right. And then when I got into this pattern of being really routine with sleep, like, I fell out of it a bit now, but I'm not going to bed late. I'll always be asleep. I always get a minimum of six hours. I always get a minimum of six hours, but at the most I'll try and get eight. Um, and it just makes me feel so much better. I feel so alive, so motivated, so like positive thoughts, positive thinking, motive, just everything. It's all good. All goodness comes from it. I think sleep's important. I try and get eight hours every day. So I go to bed super early, so I'm awake at six. I think it's about going to bed earlier. Because mm. then you should, like, you should, anyone could do it then, realistically, if they've just got a normal job. Um, yeah, anyone then, can do it. Then if you've got a normal job, you're not really doing anything other than that job, though. There's, there's the only sort of... Yeah, but then you find why some people do stay up late. It's not because they're actually doing anything anyway. They're watching TV. Yeah. They're not doing anything worth doing. So if they go to sleep early, they're not missing out on anything. I mean, I mean, if they're going for an evening walk and it means they're getting back a little bit later or they're going for a social once a week, I understand that. But I'll just be working out when I get back. I'm going to... Probably going to do a walk because my knee feels funny. As long as I do something, yeah, yeah. that's what it's all about. Because you was doing a lot of jogging at one point, weren't you? I seen. Yeah, I went for, a, I went for like an eight-mile run on Sunday. How long did that take? For an hour and a half. That's good. An hour and and something. Do you ever ride bikes? Do you go do bike rides? That's how I got super, well, not super fit, but that's when I started getting fit. It was like five years ago. I just got into cycling. I I had one night and I was like on my own drinking beers in a pub in town because they had like a beer festival. I was like, I'll try all of these. And then that night, I was like, "This is a load of like, this is a load of shit. I need to sort myself. What am I doing?" And then the day after, I was like, "I'm not going to drink, and I'm going to get into fitness." So I just got on my mouth, shitty old mountain bike, and started just just going out on it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, if I was just and then that blossomed into me getting like a vintage road bike. My dad took me to go and get this bike brought on eBay, and then I got into the joined a local club. It's a bunch of old, older like yeah, road cyclists. It's called the Les- South Leicestershire CTC oh, Cy- yeah. cycling. Something they they refer to it as cafe to cafe, but it means something else. Mm. But they just like go out every Sunday on the road bikes. They do like ridiculous distances, like always over like fifty kilometers. You're out there for hours, uh, but it was nice in the summer. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, we go yeah. out in in. In the winter too, in the rain, you know, all weathers, it was brilliant. Yeah, they're hardcore. I know a few of the cycle, because of work, I know a few of the um, cycling groups. Um, yeah, cycling's good. Like, I, it's better I mean, for your knees. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of cycling anyway, to and from work, but there was a f- I've not done any kind of bike rides outside of that recently, but I went through a stage, lockdown, and just before lockdown. Like, I go away for trips with my dad sometimes, and one of his mates and we'll just it'll be like a three day trip in Brighton but it'll be like two days of cycling and one day of like hiking 
because um, my dad enjoys that stuff too. But I did a bike ride from here to Amsterdam once, and it was the best thing I ever did. Really? On your own? Just me and one friend, just a close friend. Um, what type of bikes did you use? I don't even own a bike. I borrowed my mum's Carrera. Really? Just standard, yeah. Well, like a road bike? No, nah, just a normal like hybrid, normal I think. Hybrid. Yeah, because I'm one of them people, I don't want to have... Yeah, I mean, the mistake I made was wearing a rucksack. That was the oh, most yeah. pain I had, because that's all I rode with. So, obviously, cycling for three days, then we got to Amsterdam and was there for three days, so... And then we flew back. But I had everything in this one rucksack, and it was just a normal rucksack. It wasn't like a hiking one. So, it was heavy, and my shoulders were in bits from day one everything else legs energy was fine i used to do the same thing because i didn't i didn't know what what i needed to wear i wore normal clothes as well yeah i did and it does not good once you get into it buy buy the better stuff but i suppose you don't want to invest in it until you know it's real yeah and i feel like sometimes i've always been whatever i do like you know when you see people like with you know not saying all the gear but no idea yeah i don't want to be one of them guys so then i was like and like even when i used to play football my life to be in a football team people that had the best boots and they'd look very pretty yeah i would be rocking up borrowing people's boots and borrowing people's shin pads but then you kind of trick people because they look at you and think, oh, this guy looks like a rat or nothing. And then, <laughs> then you really, like... Hustle, though. Yeah, because that's what, exactly what it is. So even on the bike, like, people look at me on the bike and think, or like, like you said, oh, what bike did you go on? I want on my mum's bike. To me, I don't care. As long as the bike works, it's got two wheels, it rolls, it rolls smooth. Yeah. I'm not... I don't need like, anything fancy. Well, I don't care what it looks like. I just want to be comfy. Yeah, that That's is the main thing. thing. The only thing I would change if I do, well, I will do it again, um, would be to get panniers. Yeah. So I don't have to have anything on my back, and then I'll be fine. Yeah. It was the closest good. feeling I've ever had to freedom. Doing that bike ride, because all you do is wake up, and you know you've got one mission for the day to get from A to B. Whatever happens on the way happens. We didn't take no puncture repair kits. No puncture repair kits? No. I was Why planning not? to. I was planning to, but my friend was, and he's a real adventurer, he travels all around the world, and he was like, nah, I'm not taking one. If anything happens, it happens. So I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And then it was two days cycling in England. Yeah. And then the third day was in Holland. No punctures? Day three in Holland, we had punctures. Oh. He had punctures, not me. My bike was fine. He literally had one. As soon as we got off the boat, we were cycling from Rotterdam up to Amsterdam and we was literally coming up to a town and then he got puncture. So we had to walk. I didn't have to walk, I could have left him, but obviously I, I just got off and walked with him. But in a way I'm happy because I seen things that I probably wouldn't have seen if I was riding. So I took in all the kind of surroundings, walking through countryside, but then come to a little town, went to a bike shop. He ended up getting it fixed jumped back on, carried on, two hours when he was in the middle of nowhere, he got a puncture in the same tyre. So he was fuming because he just spent like 80 euros to get it fixed. So then we had to walk and now we was walking. We were supposed to have reached Amsterdam by two o'clock in the afternoon. That last day should have been the shortest day. Yeah. We got there at like 10, 11 o'clock at night because we was walking for about four hours in the middle of nowhere. Um, but again, it's part, it part of the adventure. So 
Yeah, no, it was wicked, man. Wicked. Wicked memories. Wicked, wicked experience. And I'd definitely... If I could do something like that once a year... Because I did it in 2019, and I've not done it again since, but... That was wicked. Wicked experience. I like the idea of adventures. Like, I'd like to go bikepacking... I'd just like to do, like, the coast or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the whole of the UK. Yeah, I spoke about that, because... Once we come back from there, I wanted to go from here to Scotland, but from here I wanted to go east to the coast and then the side all the way to Scotland up, up the coastline. And for me, it's just time, like, because I've got commitments, like, with children. I know I can't be away for too long. But as they're getting older now, my youngest is 12, and the other two, they're older, they're, like, 17, 18, so they can kind of look after themselves for a while anyway. But when my younger one gets to them, to them like ages then I'll definitely like be gone doing all different types of stuff what I want to do I wanna, I'd love to walk around the coast how long would that it'll take a long time but yeah worth it but if I wait till I'm retired when I do have the time then it's probably not doable no that's what I think about everything I'm trying to do at the minute just like do it now you got one life that's what I and I've only started realising this now. I'm like, you've got one life. Like, there's no... There's no blueprint how to do it. Like, it's easy to conform to this 9-5. Wait until you retire to do what you want. But I might not even live that long. So why not just do what I want to do now? Yeah. With the commitments I've got, I obviously have to kind of... Sacrifice and try have done a lot. Uh, for 17, 18 years. But now I'm at a stage where I'm like, no, there's still a way around it. I'd love to take my kids with me. Yeah. That'll be just we one of my... some holiday. Yeah, and I know the kids would love it. Because um, it's an adventure, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely need to do more stuff. Like that. It's good, it's just good for the soul. I realise it's good for the soul. I love meeting people. That's what kind of keeps me ticking, really. So... Yeah. So how's this podcasting going? What, 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 how many is this you've done now? I think this will be uh, 20 seconds. Oh, really? So 22 weeks in a row. I've done one every Sunday. Sometimes it's just five minutes of me wrangling to myself. Uh, most of them, it's just by myself, yeah. I think you're... Uh, you're a fourth guest. And where do you put it? Where is it? Where is it? I was put it on the website and then it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, it's just on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But I think if you just Google Jack Halford Podcast, then it will come up on lots of different things now because it's on both those platforms. Do you get to see how many views you get or listeners? I think there is a way. I've not looked at it, though. Uh, inter- you're not interested in that? Not yet. I just want to keep doing it. Keep doing it, yeah. No, I think it's good. People will contact me when it's popular, I think, if it gets popular. But it's just an excuse to talk to people. And I suppose if I have guests on, it's also giving them a platform to talk about what they do, which is nice. Because there's lots of... Uh, I mainly want to do it with people in Leicester as well. Because I feel like there's so many creative people in Leicester, but they've 
a lot of them haven't got a platform to speak on. So if I can just create that and help tell them to express themselves and get it somewhere where people can listen to it. I'm only using my phone, proper DIY. Um, I think that's a good way though, because I think it's yeah. just, like, it's real. And it's still fine. You can still hear it. Alright. No, it's good. When I, when I noticed that you was doing it, I kind of, I wanted to come on anyway. But I'm, I'm one of the people I don't like to ask for things sometimes. I like yeah. to just wait. So when you asked me, I was just like, yeah, definitely, yeah, man, let's do it. I know it took me a while. I cancelled last week, didn't I? And then they That's alright. But, yeah, I think it's great. And I was actually, the last one I did, remember, the, the other one I did with someone else. Um, yeah, I've seen the clips. I don't know if you know... Remember Peter X? He came in one time. Yeah, yeah. Did, um, you, did you ever... Was it church game? Yeah, the bottom. The guy that actually was, like, running the space, AD, I don't know if you've ever met him before. He's involved... He's the one who organises the um, Riverside Festival and then some of the other festivals he's part of as well. He's a good guy to know. When I told him about that, that first podcast I did, he, um, he knows about how to apply for funding and all them things. But he was like... Yeah, anyone that's doing that, you can apply for funding and get money and to, like, because he said, I know it's not, you know, like, if you're doing it in a studio, he said, I know it's not cheap, but you can get funding to do it because it's about, it's content, it's creating things and you can, there's a way of getting kind of, like, funding for it. So, if you was ever interested in kind of going that route, that's definitely a good guy to meet because then he could kind of show you or tell you how to get that if that's what you wanted to do possibly but I think for now I, I like I like how it is now at the minute it's quite nice because it's, it's chilled out yeah it's natural natural I think I'd rather like if it if it got loads of views I'd rather like take sponsorships but yeah. I always want it to be totally uncensored and unedited yeah. the only bits I edit are like long pauses yeah yeah that's yeah. it or if someone said something they really don't want everyone to know. Which which ones do you watch or listen to? Do you listen to a lot of other podcasts? Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> which some people say like, oh, he's really right wing. This that or the other. I'm just like, oh, this thing is funny, so I yeah. listen to it anyway. I don't care. Uh, there's Your Mum's House podcast, which is like an American couple. They're two comedians, Christina P, and Tom Segura, and they just, it's just really funny. And again, probably a bit, you know, on the fence. But it's all comedy, so it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's funny. Um, and then the dude that created uh, the 75 Hard Challenge, he's got his own podcast, he's called Andy something. I don't know, he's English like, guy? No, I think he's American. He might be like... I want to say Latina or Spanish okay. or something. Like mm. his last name's got like a Spanishy, okay. Latin sort of thing to it. But I think he sounds American to me. Because I notice there is a lot of them now. Um, loads. And to be fair, I mean, that's like when I'm creating art or just at home, I don't want to watch any TV other than sports like football and basketball. Um, Podcasts. I I listen to um, Drink Champs. You know Drink Champs? 
you know Noriega, the rapper from no. CNN. His his podcast, Drink Champs. It's funny as well, because um, he's just a funny, funny guy. Um, with a drink on it, so yeah. he gets his guest like drunk. They smoke on there. Um, but again, it's like this. It's just like trying to make it all feel natural and feel at home, and just and then they talk about interesting things. And because I'm a big hip hop head, he his platform started because he wanted to invite hip hop people that he feels have been forgotten about, like people from the original, like the nineties and. Oh yeah. It's like because there's not a platform for these guys anymore. He said all the interviews now on YouTube or whatever, just with the upcoming artists or the the artists that are now. But he's like, where's the ones for the original people that people class as like old now, old timers. So, as you're listening to. Well, like, well Wu Tang. Yeah. To you should watch. You should, he's got. He's got. A, he's got a few different episodes. He's got. He says he's got older members, but he ain't got older members. He's got Method Man on there. He's got um, Capadonna. Uh, one of their DJs, Allo, something, I forgot his name. You God. Um, I think someone comes in a bit later. I forgot who, which one it was. Um, but then he's got an up, more up to, that was an older one. But then a more up to date one he's got with um, Ghostface and Raekwon. And they're two of my favourites from the Woo. So. That was a good episode. Um, but yeah, I'm a big Wu-Tang head too. Even that night I was doing on Sunday, you know, that jazz thing. Yeah. Because uh, this DJ set was right next to where I was painting. I kept on looking like, yeah, this beat's hard. I said, this reminds me of Wu-Tang. Then he showed me the cover and he was like, yeah, this is a, the sample they used for the beat. So I was like, oh, I knew I could hear Wu-Tang in that. Because that was interesting too. So are you doing it? Are you going to do that next month? Yeah, I said I was up for it. I mean, it depends what what day it's on because I've got commitments. Like, I've got two nights. Uh, I'm staying at these cottages in Northampton and facilitating workshops there as well. Uh, I'm assuming it'll be a Sunday, the last Sunday of November. Oh, that would probably be fine. Then. Yeah, I don't know what date that will be, but it'll be last Sunday and it'll be a four to eight o'clock, so just four hours. Yeah. Um, that would be alright. It's, it's a good thing. I mean, I've done it a few times in festivals. Um, and when I first did the live painting, when I was at B to X, I was a bit... A little bit nervous, because it's out of my comfort zone, painting yeah. in front of people. Um, but when I've done it that many times now, I literally... I enjoy it. I do it for free, because... I just enjoy the, the challenge. It's a challenge behind it, and I, I go in with no plan what I'm going to paint until I get there so it's helped me with my practice but it's just good as well because it's like so many people get to see you doing it which creates interest for them but then it's like marketing as well anyone that's there who's not aware of you then's like oh wow I didn't know I don't know you I don't know you as an artist this is good so just from that one night there I made so many connections with people I've never met and other opportunities that have come up, like someone wants me to do workshops with some young people around, like well-being and... Yeah, that's good. And it's just a wicked vibe in there. The music, what he was playing, was just sick. Um, I've never done it like that, but I've seen people do it. It's wicked. And I think him starting that, 
I, I don't know if other people will jump on it and try and do the same thing, but there needs to be more things like that. Um, even just like a painting party. Yeah. You know, where people just, I know they do these things where it's like sipping, sipping paint where to get all canvases lined up and then I've seen a lot of women do it where they're just kind of in a bar and it's just, which is good, it's good. But I'd, I'd like to have like a painting party with just other artists, do you know what I mean? That are like, because I just I've done it once with a friend and he invited just another artist, you know, Marcus, Marcus Dove. Yeah. Me and Marcus and then my friend just painting in his apartment and it was nice, man, just to be around other creatives and we're all doing our own thing, but we're doing other things like listening to music, playing chess at the same time, drinking tea. Like, it's just a nice vibe, eating. And I, I want, I'd love to be a part of more things like that, really. Cause it's just, nice. Oh, yeah, it's wicked. We're planning, actually, to do another one on, um, on Sunday again soon. So when we get a date set, if you're not doing nothing and you fancy it, come through. Yeah. So you can meet the guys. That'd be good. Um, and yeah. So I'd like to see, uh, it's all right, me doing live painting, which is good, but then I'd like to, like, I'll come to your event at the end of this month if you're doing it, I'll come and it'd be nice to just sit down and enjoy a vibe rather than me painting. It'd be nice to just come and see someone else in their practice and enjoy the night. That'd be good. Yeah, definitely, yeah. On Sundays, I've been going to that Riverhood Legion thing. I've been two times now. Okay. They do these free fitness classes. That's quite good. That's all for men's mental health yeah, as well. Yeah, I think he, the person that organised it, I think he was on that podcast. Reese. yeah. I, yeah, I don't know him. But I've seen that he, I think, I've seen, I recognise the name Riverhood Legion. I'm sure he was on that podcast too, talking about what he does. I've seen, yeah, I think, I think so. Did you know anyone there, or did you just go? I just him, and he wasn't even there <laughs> on, on Sunday because he, I think he works on and off on Sundays at a leisure centre or something. Oh, okay. So he's like not there, but it was this other dude, and it was really good. So it was just getting us to do this, like uh, I don't know what you call it, like two people are working out doing one thing, and then we switch around. Oh yeah. yeah. A bit like circuit training. Circuit training, yeah. Um, really, it was like a military exercise yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Gareth doing. It was a bit brutal. Yeah, that's good though, isn't it? I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, you're all worn out by the end of it, but then you feel good. And then I still managed, after after eating and resting for a bit, I went on that eight mile run the same same day. Oh wow! So I think I think doing two workouts a day is good, and then limiting it to forty five minutes. Is good as well because then you're not going to get too worn out because yeah, the recovery yeah. is important. Doing it every day, I don't know how I feel. Would a walk be classed as a workout? Yeah, I think so. And I think, especially if it's like raining us, it's more about mental toughness. And I think, yeah, just getting your steps in. I can make it brutal. Oh, yeah. But I, I want to. Because, so I'm thinking, what other exercises can I do? If, like different parts of me, like my knees feeling funny. So I'm thinking I'm gonna have to start getting into yoga, maybe do a yoga mm. class. Because then I could do like weights, lifting weights in the morning. But then I have to do one outside, so I'm like, bloody hell, I'm gonna do. Yeah. Gotta go for a walk or a run. So it forces you to. What about Tai Chi? Creative. You ever thought about that? 
Maybe. My yeah. friend that I was just mentioning who does who held like the art party thing, um, he does Tai Chi and he does it in the mornings, generally like six and nine o'clock in the morning. And he does it with a Tai Chi master from Hong Kong who lives here now. He's cool. actually one of Bruce Lee's students. Um, what? Yeah, and he's here nice. in Leicester. About 80 something. Master Kester, I've met him once, walking past me at work. I recognised him from the videos of my friends, so I was like, Master Kester. Um, <laughs> and it looks wicked. I've not tried it myself. I can't um, wait to get into martial arts. Yeah, well, that is a form, isn't it? Tai Chi, I didn't know, but it is a form. Um, and there's different types, but the one they do is called Chow Bo, I think. And like, that master, he's kind of took that from his training with Bruce Lee and I think it's the oldest form of Tai Chi, but it just, I mean, I'm, my friend, after he's been doing it for like an hour or three hours, like he's sweating. And he's like, this is a workout. This isn't like just, because obviously it's all quite slow movements. Yeah. When you see him doing it. But, like, it's a workout. And not only is it a workout, mentally he's like, sick so I do want to start and he does like sessions like they do it every day in the mornings down just near Holiday Inn down on them side streets yeah um, but they do courses too where they kind of try and encourage other people to come and do it do you know what I mean and so that's another thing you could try I can put you in touch with him where then you could jump on that if you fancy doing something a bit good. different. I need to be careful not doing too many things because then I would become stressful. Overwhelmed. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I've got to do all this. <laughs> yeah. Well, balance, isn't it? Yeah. But then I suppose it's You've just got, like... I'm going to try it to figure out whether it's too much or not. Yeah, yeah. And it is, I suppose it's just trying different things. Even me, I'm trying to do different things. I'm trying to say yes more to certain things where normally I used to say no to a lot of things. Because, yeah. because I felt uncomfortable, not because I didn't want to. Um, but now I'm just trying to say yes to things. I don't try this. Even in my head, if I'm like, nah, that's not me. And I'm like, I've kind of barricaded myself in for a lot of things over the years where I'm like, that's not me. I'm like, why can't it be me? Let me try it. So I'm going to go rock climbing at the back of High Cross soon. That's a good, that's a good spot. Yeah. Like the bouldering. Socially, social, 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 climbing. social climbing, yeah. I've always walked past it and looked and thought, that looks cool. It's fun there, I think. Yeah, it's good. It's a good, it's a good way to socialise. Yeah. Going bouldering, you can have like a cup of tea, flapjack something, and you're like, you're active. It's exercise, it doesn't feel like exercise. Mm. That's something I could do, actually. Yeah, to be fair, that, I much prefer that kind of exercise rather than weights. I don't like weights. I've never been a weight kind of guy. My dad's a boxing trainer, so I used to do boxing training with him, and I enjoyed that because he's military, like military style as well. But yeah. my dad has been doing yoga for twenty years, so at the end of every session, he would do like about fifteen minutes of just different yoga stretches, and I was probably in the best shape I ever was back then when I was doing it. Um, in every aspect, like physically, but mentally, like. And we used to do our early sessions, so we used to get up at like half four, we'd be in the gym for five in the morning. This is when I used to work in a school, because my dad used to work there too. And we'd be in the gym for six. I'd do some weights in the morning, and then do that for 45 minutes, and then after 45 minutes, the boxing crew turned up at like quarter to seven. 
then we'll do that till half seven, boxing training, and then literally go straight to school, shower at the school, get dressed and get ready for the day. And yeah, man, that was good times, man. But now I need to figure out a new, trying to inco- in, like, incorporate more. I'm not doing anything at the minute. I do walks. Yeah. I don't do any bike rides. I the literally, walks are good. I love the walks. I'm a very keen walker. Um, got my wife doing some walks with me now, my kids. Um, even tonight, when I get home, I might go for a walk with the wife, take the dog out. Just try and incorporate little things like that into my daily routine, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just a bit same old, same old, doesn't it? If you don't, you can always see something new on a walk. It's very easy just to stick to the same routine. So like I'll fall into that trap where I'm just waking up, going to the gym, coming here, going home, going to sleep, and it gets very boring yeah, very quickly. Yeah. After a few weeks, you think you're being productive, but then you're not really stimulating parts of you that need to be stimulated. Even if you have a rest day on the weekend and that. Uh, yeah, you have to mix it up. Yeah. It's important. That's why I talk about trying new things as well, because it does, it mixes it up and it kind of keeps you on your toes. Because it's good to feel uncomfortable sometimes. Because it keeps you, like, just feeling alive, I suppose. And sometimes you can try something and not enjoy it. It could be the worst experience of your life. Yeah. But that's all right, because now you know. And then you it's can try weird. something. It's weird that uncomfortableness that it's good for you. So you say you don't like something, but something else that's uncomfortable you might like because yeah. of the way you feel afterwards. Yeah. It's a strange one. Like doing the ice bath in the morning, for me, I like that, but looking at it in the morning, I'm like, really don't want to do that. <laughs> but I know that I feel so much better after yeah, like yeah. even just five minutes in there. You know the benefits, what's going to happen after. And same with like running or weightlifting or any, any form of exercise. Um, I'm like, yeah, I don't really... Well, it's the running mainly I don't want to do because I don't want to hurt my knee, so I have to be careful. I don't do that too much now. So, what would you say is your favourite form of exercise? Now, nah, probably walking. I've done runs a few times. I, I grew up being a footballer. I was in a football family. Like, my brother was pro. My dad was a coach at Aston Villa. And I always played football. But then I had an injury when I was like 25. Yeah. And I had to stop playing because of my shoulder. Um, so I didn't do anything. And I found like I'm missing something. Um, but never really enjoyed just running. It never kind of get me enough. I mean, I know I feel good afterwards. I feel very good when I finish. Yeah. Get home, shower up, feel fresh. But I'd say probably the favourite form of exercise at the minute is I just like walking, man. I love walking. And I think that's just not for the exercise part, but just mentally. I love to start my day like that. If I could go for a, an hour's walk. But I mean, uh, I've got places where I prefer to walk as well. Like walking in the city doesn't do anything for me. No. I mean, it does do something, but it does nothing compared to like in the country. Like, I love walking in the countryside. Um, so, yeah, that's probably... 
I mean, the boxing training was good. I know the benefits of that. But um, I like to do all my exercise in the morning at the start of the day. I, I've got no energy after doing a day's work or... I yes. think, I don't know if that's because of my family. I, I've got a routine. What I love is just being at home with my kids at the minute. Like, yeah. Because I like to be around and I like to be active with them at home. Like, whether it's trying to encourage them to do something different. Just just being around them. Just the time. Because I know as well, like... Because my other... Like, the older kids, they're older now. 17, 18. I'm like, they've got their own lives. They don't want to sit around the house. They're like... Where's my 12-year-old? I'm like, yeah, he still wants to be around me. He still wants to, like, do cool things. So I'm actually putting my son, my 12-year-old, through an, uh, a new routine at home now where I'm... I'm not forcing him, but in a way I am, but not, like, in a bad way, to do 20 minutes sketching every night. Because he loves art. Yeah, that's good. But then he stopped doing it for a while, and he's spending more time on the Xbox. And I was like, no you've got to do this plus your homework and I want to do 20 minute reading he hates reading but I'm trying to drill it in him where he's doing 20 minutes reading 20 minutes sketching and he can spend 20 minutes thinking about what to sketch so I've kind of tried to help him say look just sketch anything just sketch the dog but he's ended up sketching me so which is interesting for me because then it's like but he's got a natural gift I told him like you're better than me already and you're 12 like and I've told him, I don't know where I've seen this. Like, I've not, I've not been formally trained with art. I've not gone studying it anywhere. But I've seen somewhere or heard someone say it where you can do different sketching challenges where you sketch something. I think it was live painting where you spend 30 seconds doing a 30 second sketch. Then after that, do like a five minute sketch. After that, do a half an hour sketch. So I've got him doing the same kind of thing, like a 30 second sketch then a five minute one, and then a 10 minute one. Yeah. And I've kind of tried to learn myself, like I'm telling him to do it, but I'm not actually doing it myself. But I just love this, I just love his sketches, because in a short space of time, he captures everything that needs to be captured. And it doesn't, obviously it's not detailed, no. but it's his version. I think because of his age, he's still at that innocent, it's just raw imagination. And there's one picture he did, I was at my mum's, and it was on the iPad where you can sketch on the iPad and um, you literally had 30 seconds to sketch my mum and she was sitting on a stool with her leg crossed drinking a cup of tea and he got it in this 30 seconds perfectly just like by the lines he used and I was just like amazed so I'm inspired by him and what yeah. he does he doesn't even see it you know he's 12 he don't see what he's doing like, he's not impressed by what he does he wants to make everything look realistic and yeah. But I'm like, no, that's it. So in 30 seconds, you've captured everything you need to capture. Well, that's how you get, get better at doing realistic stuff. Mm. Just getting the basics and fundamentals right. Well, that's what I'm trying to encourage him to do is every night. Like, in a minute, he's not even enjoying it. Like, by the time it's finished, he's happy and he's enjoyed it. But getting him to do it, I could spend 20 minutes trying to get him to do it. Yeah. Which I'm is, like that. Yeah. Like yeah, okay. but I don't mind that. Like, I'm being disciplined with it because I know it's going to benefit him. Yeah. So. It's a good habit. Yeah. Good healthy habit. And I'm getting him cooking now as well because he likes cooking. So I'm like, yep, yeah, cook then. Let's cook. So that makes just makes my evenings like 
gives me something to look forward to to go home rather than just yeah go and play on the Xbox I'll sit down here and read a book or yeah so I'm just really trying to invest a lot of time because I know time is just running away so I could do it now and drill it in there hopefully some good will come out of it for him and the other two the other two as well so yeah it's good because you're teaching like consistency and discipline but in a creative way mm. so it's it's like you going to the boxing with your dad but in a different way yeah and he was tough like he's militant with his kind of style and especially like even if it's a group he's always harder on me which is at the time it pisses me off but afterwards I'm like yeah I needed that push so I mean I'm not like that with my kids I'm the opposite like I'm a nurturer like my mum when my dad's like militant like tough love I've got that in me and I can be that when it comes to that time with my kids but I don't know like kids will change you anyway like you haven't got kids have you not yet no I want them at some point yeah change your life yeah and I, I had kids young like I started when I was young so I had to kind of grow up quickly but I feel like I grew up quickly as an adult, like, because I had to be an adult. But then I probably fell behind in some other parts, you know, like, lost a lot of other, because it was time, do you know what I mean? But definitely changed my life. But it's a form of inspiration as well, you know, like, when you need to dig deep and try and get some motivation or inspiration, like, that how can you not be inspired when you've got a child? I think it will motivate me just to get up. Yeah, well, you have to when you hear her screaming and crying. <laughs> you ain't got a choice. And that was, that was a struggle. That was a hard time. Like, not too long ago, my wife was talking about having another baby. And I was like, nah, I ain't going through. I would love the idea of it. Don't get me wrong, I love the period from when they're born up to, like, one. <laughs> but I can't, I don't want to go through it again. Like, the crying and the... The, just the baby stage like I love holding them and going to sleep when I'm on my chest but just just the, the sleepless nights again and, yeah. and I feel like no like the older kids are 17, 18 like I don't want to go through that again like I'm just focus on these three so but yeah definitely change your life you have no choice but to change and it's hard work but it's definitely like beautiful and behind that as well it's like it's not just you you have to worry about now you know like obviously you've got family anyway but it's like now you're responsible for this little person like I have to do the things some things I don't want to do and yeah it kind of installs something else in you where you're not first anymore mm. which I know you can still have without having kids because you you're all got parents all got someone to care about so but I think that's why I try and do these challenges and things to try and force yourself to do things you don't want to do because you know it makes you better off yeah well you have to do it because it you need to make sure your kids are fine are, are okay and they're comfortable uh, it's completely different but it's kind of the same no kind of the same <laughs> definitely it is it's the same kind of thinking behind it um, so yeah like 
as a parent, you have to do loads of things that you don't want to do. But I think that's the difference between like good parenting and poor parenting is how much are you willing to do that you don't want to do for the sake of your child? Because it's easy to drag up kids. It's easy to have kids and then not really be... But again, there's no blueprint. I mean, we've all come from parents, so you kind of look at your own upbringing. And like I said, my dad was tough on me. My mum and dad, I used to draw from a kid. My mum and dad never hung any of my pictures up in the house. And I don't blame them for it, but they just was, didn't see, or didn't probably understand how empowering it would have been for me to see that. It was a neighbour of mine that used to always, he used to make me, not make me draw, I used to be around his house drawing, but then he would be like, oh, why don't you just draw us? Like all his siblings in his house. So they're all adults, so I used to sit on the floor and draw them. But then he'd be like, wow. And he showed me the pictures recently. And I'm like, oh, wow. And then he'd like put them up on the wall. So that's why I know the power of doing that. So that my youngest one, I'm like, all my kids, anything they've done, whether it's not even just art, anything, I'd be like, wow. Put that up on the wall. And I don't look at my parents like, you lot are wrong or bad for not doing that. It's just like, we well, didn't know. And that made me know. So. Yeah. I'll do the same with my kids. So Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I could do a whole podcast just on parenting and obviously I'm not I'm far from perfect. My No one's perfect though, aren't they? No, no. But you sound like you're learning from every experience and putting it yeah, even the bad experience, you have to learn from them, man. Like, that's yeah. why bad experience is not always bad, because you can take good out of it. And that's why I think the school helped me, because me growing up, I used to think I had it bad. And then going in a school and reading some of the files of the children I was working with, I was like, fucking hell, I had it bad. I've just had to do the, the safeguarding course to do these workshops, because that's with children, that's with, like, excluded children. Mm. Uh, and some of the like case studies they show you I'm just like I really don't want to look at this because yeah. it's really not very nice mm. and you have to look at it and you have to say what you think you'd do in that situation or whatever yeah. yeah it's not very nice but then you can be that positive impact on that child oh, yeah, yeah. while they're at school or while you're in the workshop definitely that was like one of the main things for me like I used to get asked by other teachers over the years like how have you got a relationship with our kids so quick? Like, how have you made? How have you been able to manage to get that kid to do this thing that I couldn't get them to do? But I was just like, look, for me, the main thing first is build a relationship. You build a relationship where that kid respects you. Then they will do the things that you want them to do, not because they want to do it. They're doing it out of respect. Do you know what I mean? I had kids doing stuff where they're like. Fuck. Oh, I don't want to do it when I'm done, man. Why are you making me do this? But all right, I'll do it. And I know they're only doing it because they've got that much respect. But I used to tell them, well, look, I respect you, and you're younger than me, but you, you're inspiring me, and you don't even know it. So I'm learning from you. So, I mean, I've missed that aspect of the school, but I realised that even the job I'm in now, at the bike park, I realised that I can have that same impact just on anyone now it could be a kid who comes there or it could be an adult who's twice my age but 
that's one thing I have. I'm good. I'm a good listener. That's one of my best skills. Yeah. Like, I can listen to people, and especially working with kids, eighty percent of the shit is just gonna be shit. But the twenty percent of it's gonna be important. So, I used to start work at eight o'clock, get in the building at school at eight, but the kids don't start school until half eight. They don't have to be there until half eight. I have to get kids waiting on my door at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm getting in. I'm not fucking up. I'm not even a cup of tea yet. I said, yo, go over to my room, man. Let me put a kettle on. I'll come in and they'll be ranting about some shit that happened the day before or the morning. And I'll just be listening to it. Like, not showing them that I'm just like bored, but I'm just like, I'm allowing them to get everything off their chest because I know by the time half, half eight comes, you got it off your chest. Now you can go to that lesson and actually learn something. Yeah. Because if I didn't give you that window, you would have gone there frustrated as shit still and then you were probably going to get sent to me because you kicked off Yeah. and then now I'm going to have to pick up the pieces. And other stuff you say, oh, you shouldn't be letting them in there. I shouldn't be in until half eight. I'm like, listen, I'm doing you lot a favour because them not coming in my room offloading means they can come to your lesson. If I don't do that, they might not even make it to your lesson. So... That's the, I definitely know that's one of my skills is good listener um, it's important yeah it's important to be aware as well that that like when people do react like you know, when these kids do react I used to be like I got expelled from school for just doing just throw chairs around and stuff but it wasn't because I was wound up in that lesson it's because of something else yeah. that happened or like a series of events yeah, yeah, yeah. that led to that moment I wasn't mm. Annoyed that some teacher for telling mm. me to do something. I probably wanted to get it done, so I didn't fail. Yeah, yeah, it's a build-up, definitely. It's, and I've seen it so much in school. I mean, ten years there, I started there when I was twenty-three, and I was still like, obviously, I was a parent by that time, but still like, probably naive and stuff. So going there, I learned so much, not just about kids and people in general but just learn a lot about myself as well learn about stuff that I was good at because I didn't realise I was I didn't want to work in a school why didn't you start working there because I wasn't working at the time so I applied tell a lie I was working cutting grass um, but it was a seasonal job so it was six months in the summer where I cut grass yeah and then come like this time of year it stopped and I ain't gonna lie before like me from teenager upwards, I used to like sell drugs, that was my thing. Um, and at the time I didn't really want to work. I was like, I'm all right, I, I can survive. I'll just do what I'm doing. But because I had kids now and I was obviously in a relationship, my wife was good, but she's like, no, you can't be doing that. Like, I don't want to be with someone that does that. And she's always like, she's a very independent woman, but she's very motivated too. So, she made me kind of like, no, it has to be something different. I was trying to do both. And then I used to cut the grass at that school. My dad was already working there. And then I had a friend that worked there. So every time I used to cut the grass, I used to finish cutting the grass and go and see my dad and this girl, have a cup of tea with them, shoot off. But my friend, the girl that was working there, she told me like, oh, I'm pregnant. I was like, oh yeah, that's good. And she's like, yeah, but that means I'm not going to be here next year, so there's a job coming out, just temporary for a year. 
he's standing in front of my dad and he's like, go for it. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go for this. And my wife's like, go for it. So I thought, I'll go for it, knowing I ain't going to get this job. And I got the job, like, when I went for it. And I was like, how have I got that? Because really, it's in my community where the school is. So I'm like, no, I don't want to work here. Because half of these kids, they know me from the area. And I've probably been to half of their parents' houses, selling whatever it is. Or they just know of me in the area. So I'm like, I can't go here. This is like, this is not good. But then in a way, it helped because the kids kind of, half the kids that knew me already from the area, they kind of had the respect for me. Um, and yeah, I just thought, I'm here for one year. And I'm like, oh. So I stayed there for one year. Then the head teacher after that year said, Lord, I want you to stay. You had a good impact. Um, I'm going to offer you a contract. So I was like, okay. And by that time, I was kind of enjoying it, but just trying to find a balance. Like, because then it was like a whole identity thing for me. Because I'm thinking, I'll come from this kind of lifestyle. Now I've got to try and transition into being a positive role model. Mm. Um, so it made me grow up a lot and be confident in who I am rather than trying to like, because even though I did do bad things like selling drugs and stuff, I was never a bad person, do you know what I mean? I was never a violent person. I never really did anything wrong to nobody. Um, but because of the circles I was in, it was like kind of always, so yeah, it's completely, like, I'm completely different now. Like, and it helped build up that confidence. Be like, no, this is who I am. Like, I should be proud of what I'm doing, not like embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's when I learned like that I had certain skills with kids because I thought I can't teach you nothing. Man. I can't. I'm not educated. I don't have any education. I got two GCSEs. I can't really help you other than try and give you some life experiences of my own and try and say, look, don't do that. Like, you're gonna go down this route and try and, uh, what's the word, inspire the kids, really. Um, and then through the art as well, like, I'll try and always tell the kids, like, you can be whatever you want. And it starts now, but believe in yourself and be comfortable who you are. So yeah, I and mean, then that was my strength, really, building relationships with kids and then using that to try and empower them and get them to believe in themselves to find out what their real passions are and follow it. So, that's how that happened, the school thing. So, good experience. Definitely, a lot of good came out of that. A lot of good, it was a lot of hard time as well. Now, I had a student that was killed, murdered by knife crime, which was really tough, not just for me, but for the whole school. Because he was a popular lad, very likeable lad. And it was actually another one of our students that killed him, so it was very, toxic time in school because both the people like the boy that got killed and the boy that actually killed him they still had siblings in the school sisters so then he was trying to keep the peace in school and protect everyone and obviously emotions were high and difficult time but yeah it kind of made everyone in school stronger really even closer community so yeah, it sounds very difficult. Yeah, and a lot of these kids, man, like, as you probably already know, like, go through some shit that you probably would never know until you actually work with them or read something about them. Um, 
and then it makes sense why they've probably got certain difficulties or struggle with certain things. And then it makes you just look at your own life and appreciate the things that you probably took for granted. Did with me. Yeah. I mean, massive thing I learned in school is how many young people are actually feeling suicidal. It's crazy. Yeah. And these are, these are kids that you would look at around the school, walking around the school that you would never think of. But then you get, kind of, close the door and have a private conversation and they're obviously brave enough to open up. Have you heard the song, I think it's called Suicidal Thoughts by Notorious B.I.G.? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one Bob Marley on? I think they made a remix of Bob Marley. I think so, yeah. But, or suicidal tendencies or something like that. But when I listen to that, I'm just like, jeez. Even, did you know Juice World? Who? Juice World. Juice World. He's dead now. He passed away. He was a rapper. But he was like, recent times. Um, but a lot of his stuff was like, very open about mental health and his drug addiction. And he used to talk about he's going to die young. And he did. And he was on a plane. Because he had drugs on him. He kind of, police was at the airport. So then he swallowed everything and fucking ended up dying. But a lot of his music was all about feeling suicidal and mental health and was so open and feeling empty and I mean a certain track I listened to when I was going through my stuff I used to I used to sing along to it but I'd be crying in my back door like not crying but tears in my eyes I'm like why am I still stuck on this song but because it resonated with how I was feeling at the time so that's when you know it's a good artist that can hit you like that exactly I feel like that more with music than with painting. I'm trying to figure out how to do that with... Once you figure out how to do that with painting, then you're But you said that earlier. You did say about people crying at your art. Have you had that before? Mm. No, with this picture, I've I've sold a couple of prints and both both of the people says it resonated with them. This one, yeah, the front. They've been going through, yeah, that's why they brought it. One's in the United States and one... In Paris, nice. So that's nice as well because of actually. To be fair, I'd probably say most people that have brought are probably from different places in the world. Yeah, which is quite cool. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? Because like I can say, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice feeling when someone buys the, the actual painting or a print because it makes you want to do it more. Oh it's yeah, enthusiasm. Yeah. It gives you that encouragement as well, like, okay, not only did I enjoy doing this, but other people appreciate it. I've sold, I've sold three to America, to America. Mm. Two from the same person over different periods. And I had my other buyer coming from Nevada just recently. Um, Australia. I did a piece, I don't remember if you remember the farmers' protest that was going on in India. I remember the protest. Yeah, I did a piece based on that, and that's the first time I went kind of viral. Well, the only time I went viral. Um, but I realised that was because it was like a sensitive situation. So a lot of obviously is like, I don't want to say just Punjabis people, but it was a lot of people from that community that 
bought into it from Canada, America, um, here. Um, that was that was kind of crazy. I was not expecting that at all. Um, that was happened overnight. But I've only had one person cry at some piece of art that I've done before, and that was like a nice feeling, but strange as well, mm. because I didn't realize when I was doing it or even after that it would impact someone like that. But it, it made this woman cry. It's from BTX as well. She bought it in BTX, and she I wasn't there when she cried. It, the guy there told me and then when I met her she told me um, so I was like oh wow I hope it kind of I said to her I hope it was like kind of happy tears and she said well not at first because it kind of brought back about her husband that passed away Yeah. but she's like that's why I want to buy it because it makes me think of him so in a way it's good but it was emotional and that's when I was like wow that's it's nice and nice nice to know that I could kind of hit them emotions through a painting so like when you said it earlier I was going to ask you about it and I forgot so yeah definitely it's like if you can impact people that way well that's right that's I think it's nice to have that goal when I'm painting rather than thinking is this going to sell mm. in this style because I feel like then you just make generic sort of stuff yeah. and people don't want it they no, don't want no. to touch it because there's this thing where you just made that to try and no one wants that but then even if people do want it I feel like is it satisfying you as the artist no because it, it might be, be satisfying a, like oh, financially pizza or something. yeah but then really like is there any substance behind it and I've gone through that a lot like and I still probably go through it now is going through stages sometimes where I'm trying to create what I think people will like and what I think will sell. Yeah. To then, like, no, let me do what I want to do. I might only get three likes on Instagram. I think you can do both. It's about re- relating to people. is isn't necessarily about making shit on, on original work. I think relating to people requires to go inward and to make stuff from your soul. That's how musicians relate to people because they're just being like brutally honest yeah. within the lyrics and the record comes probably like oh, you know. <laughs> but then people listen to it and it sounds like <laughs> platinum yeah yeah and then it's oh what do you think now yeah. Rose? Yeah. or whatever yeah. <laughs> no you're right yeah I've yeah. got shoot off I, I could like I said I could be here till tomorrow talking but I've literally 